welcome everybody to the Paddock Podcast, your Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational Wrap-Up Each Week Podcast. We're up to, I don't know, one of the episodes, but the, it's the important episode. It's, it's All the numbering's throwing me off because we had a live, well not live, we had a video episode of, for the Bathurst 1000 preview and now we've had the Bathurst 1000. I'm Peter Wilkinson and I'm joined by Sandman, mate. You, how was your voice? <laughs> G'day, Peter. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I was um, quite relieved at the end of the broadcast when we were finished. I think I just went upstairs, had a little lay down, and I didn't talk much for the rest of the night. So, I mean, I wasn't sore, but I was—I tell you what, I think I was a little bit over-talking uh, after that. I think it was like seven and a half hour broadcast for Mathers, but um, hey, at the end of the day, if they said we're going to do it again tomorrow, I'd be up for it because it, let's face it, it's Bathurst. It is Bathurst, indeed. And look, we a bit of a special one. We did our hour and a half episode beforehand. Luckily, we, we didn't do it live on the Friday night. We recorded <laughs> it beforehand, so that gave you the break between it. But pretty much you had contents Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because you had qualifying as well in there. Um, how much of a feeling, obviously it's not like being at the real Bathurst or watching the real Bathurst, but how much of a build up did that feel like it got compared to the real thing for you yeah i thought it was great and like you said that that something different that we did that that video cast what they call them vodcasts now i guess but that was that was good and it was good to get an insight from the drivers about their thoughts leading up to this race because yes it's not the the real bathurst 1000 but um it's our Bathurst 1000, isn't it? You know, there's, let's just say there's probably 90% of us that may never, ever get that chance to race at Mount Panorama. So this is our version. So it is exciting. And I, I think the build-up was good. Um, I loved that vodcast that we did. It was good to get that insight from the drivers. I loved qual- the qualifying show because that was intense and there was some drama at the top of the mountain and we didn't know who was going to make it through. And and then, of course, yeah, you had the shootout, then, of course, the the big race. So. I loved it and I still get excited. I, I get just as excited watching that because they, there are elements of the unknown that you just don't know what's going to happen and and we definitely had that at um, Bathurst this year for us. Definitely did. Now, let's go to the qualifying on the on the Saturday night, the, the lovely qualifying session we had. Dane Warren, what kind of a freak is that man? Yeah. <laughs> um, he brings to the table everything that you assume he's going to and more because at the end of the day, he qualified the car. Jared was uh, away. Um, but I think, like, I might be wrong, but I think his fastest lap that, that he did was maybe on his first flying lap possibly. Um, as the track got on, I thought, you know, the, the track did sort of rubber up a little bit, but I think that the time that he punched out was pretty impressive. And, um, yeah, they didn't disappoint. Like, Dane obviously – had quite he was in very much control for qualifying and um when it came to the race him and jared um yeah they were unstoppable he's in some kind of form isn't he and he's been in some kind of form for a while i think so probably the last two or three years he's been fairly dominant in the sim racing world as far as v8s go in australia goes uh i can't talk for the rest of the world but look he, he's definitely a, a machine in these things and, and obviously when we saw him paired with jared um it was always going to be a tough ask for anyone, but he really just set the tone, didn't he, for the weekend? Um, catch me if you can, kind of thing. I'm just the co-driver, and here I am bettering everyone on the track. And it was ominous, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we said, you know, leading up to it when we saw the 
when it was released that that was going to be the pairing of Dame Warren and Jared Phil. So we went, oh, holy crap. You know, it <laughs> looks like everyone's got their work cut out for them. And then unfortunately, um, you know, they didn't, I guess they did have it easy over that 161 laps, but they still had to earn it. They still had to go ahead and not make mistakes and get caught up in little accidents. But um, I guess it was um, a commentator's worst nightmare in a way because those two were so dominant and they they honestly had the measure over the rest of the field. But it's not a fluke. You know, both of them are great steerers. They both put in, you know, the work behind the scenes and, you know, it's no fluke that they're up there and as strong as they were. Well, you look at the official results. So congratulations, Jared Philsell, Dave Warren, on winning the Bathurst 1000 uh, for Logitech Jeep Supercar Pro Invitational. By a gap of 3.14 seconds over Madison Down and Corey Shepard, who was also uh, then about two seconds ahead of Ethan Grigolt and Bradley Vaughan. Like, if you're going to predict the winners of the Bathurst 1000 any time in the last three or four or five or six, seven years, at least five of those names out of those six, I'm not 100% familiar with Bradley Vaughan, but look, five of those six names, personally for me would be five of the six names I'll be throwing in the mix straight away. So it's amazing how we get the Bathurst 1000. It's still the Bathurst 1000, still the best drivers in Australia battling out over a thousand kilometers, 161 laps around a torturous mountain. And we still get these names rising to the top each and every time. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? It's, it's like that old saying, isn't the cream rises at the top. So as, as much as we've got a strong driver's field, we had a dry, a strong driver's pairings as well because obviously we had the the rule instated where you couldn't have you know someone from a regular driver from the series, but that brought in some good names and some really good talent. So and we saw some really great racing. Um, the first half of the race, you know, we didn't see cautions from the field. Uh, they were sort of, I guess, race control cautions that that we'd spoken about. You know, we as commentators didn't know when they were going to happen, but. Um, they dropped, and at that first half of the race, we were all saying we just couldn't believe how clean and 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 amazing the racing was. It was it was crazy. Yeah, and then you throw in the mix, like you you talk about people who will never get to race at the mountain in real life. We've actually got people in this field that are racing and did race in the yeah. very race in, and won the Bathurst One Thousand, the real life one, a couple of weeks ago, and came top three in the in the Bathurst One Thousand a couple of weeks ago, and yet. These guys didn't quite get there. They had their moments. They had the the good co-drivers. They just got caught up in 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 the thing. It's it's amazing how you say the cream rises at the top. These are the ultimate cream, and they didn't quite get there because they found themselves in situations they probably shouldn't have been in. I guess down the field or you know in a corner fighting for a thing when you've got 161 laps and and, and you're, you're having trouble early. Like how interesting was it watching some of these incidents that came out uh, during the race? Yeah, I think it just it just comes down to everyone's human, isn't it? You know, regardless of what their talent is or what they do in the real world. Like, I think Van Gisbergen and Brad Newman, they started from the rear of the grid anyway, but they made their way through the field and got up towards the front and then they had their drama and sort of slipped back again and then made their way up towards the front. So it's like, you know, they were, they were in contention. I guess they weren't up the front leading, but, geez, they passed some cars throughout the weekend. And then, of course, you talk about, um, we had Kostecki in the field as well. So him and Cooper Murray, they were up the front mixing it with them. You know, they were, I guess we had a boost mobile one, two there for at certain stages of the race. So it's just, they're great drivers, but sometimes, you know, 
people get caught out in situations. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was, um, I think Van Gisbergen was one that had a little bit of a moment um, in qualifying, which caused that big crash. Um, and that was sort of a bit of a worry because at that point, I think Van Gisbergen was close enough to the bubble. He might have been about seventh or eighth or something about possibly getting knocked out of the top 10. So, yeah, we're all human. And at the end of the day, it's Bathurst, isn't it? You know, you just, you can never, never predict how good or bad your race is going to turn out. That's it. And when when you turn around, you hear the words, Brody Kostecki's flying. Usually it's a good thing. <laughs> or usually it's after the race and they'd, someone's doing a great jump. Talk to me about this incident on, on it was at Hell Corner where Brody's gone flying through and almost took out a few people. Yeah, well, yeah, there was contact. And, I mean, it all started, I guess, coming down into the chase where everyone was sort of positioned themselves, everyone was battling, and then on exit there was sort of a little bit of touch and then Kostecki was fighting back. But then, of course, unfortunately, I think for Kostecki, like he got sideways and then sort of was door to door I don't even remember who he was touching now but like the the fact that him sort of bouncing off a car and then getting sideways and then heading off into the grass and then caught the ripple strip and I think that's the photo that people have seen is just that that moment where the car's just out of control and how I, I think I said to you before I don't understand even in the broadcast I don't know how Madison missed it all like uh unfortunately Brady Myers got cleaned up by it but yeah, how Madison managed to miss that and still finish where he did was was incredible. But, I mean, it's easy to sort of go back and try to guess how to get out of that situation. But when it happens all on the spot, it was just, you know, we were at a point where we couldn't believe what we were seeing. It is often like that. Um, tell me, is there a – I know it's been a week now. We've been a while, you know, things that we're getting close to preparing for Belle Isle, which we'll talk about after a few things later on down the track. But there's any moments that particularly stand out for you from the Bathurst 1000 over the weekend, even qualifying, or even the video cast? Um, I love the video cast. So, yeah, I think that was good because we had, we just had a bit of an insight about, I guess, the real people that are involved. I mean, we have this persona of who we think they are and what they do on track and, you know, what their kind of personalities are. And it's good to get that sort of insight to, I think, those drivers and and their feelings about Bathurst and how they got into sim racing and how passionate they are. And, and I thought that was really good. Um, Bathurst, I think every, every time we did a broadcast about Bathurst, there was something special, you know, I guess we talk about the drama and that's sort of the first thing that comes to my mind is the drama on top of the mountain in qualifying. And then, you know, that, that Kostecki where he's up in the air, that sticks out in your mind. But for me, it was, it was amazing how the race changed. It was so clean at the start. And then it wasn't until after, I think, not knowing at the time, but we know now, there was actually no more planned scheduled safety cars after sort of not long after the halfway mark, I guess it was. And then it was just everyone else was having dramas, I think, just because the field, the tension, I guess, and the the pace changed a little bit and everyone knew that we were getting to the dying stages of the race and whether people were just trying to make that move and being cautious about, you know, knowing that they only had x amount of laps to go and that's when everyone sort of stepped it up a notch so it was really surprising and that sort of stuck out in my mind about how the race changed that last half it was it was incredible yeah it's it's never a dull moment at a bathurst now <laughs> tell me in your eyes we, we've got facebook and i'll go through that in a second but in your eyes was there any specific driver of the day that from from you that stuck out like anyone who really over uh shined on the day 
Oh, dude. Um, Come on, name, name, name. I don't know. There was at the time because I was like, I remember us pointing out, but now I'm thinking, oh, geez, after a week or two or whatever it's been now, it sort of slipped out of my mind. But um, everyone did a great job. I mean, to see uh, Ethan Grigrock grab the the podium and, and stuff like that, I mean, I was... I was always impressed. I've always been impressed about how Emily drives. So he- Emily and Brady Myers teaming up together, they did an amazing job. They were right in the thick of it before everything sort of unfolded. Um, oh, just trying to think what else there might be. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. But at the end of the day, everyone performed and it was just, it was an incredible race. We're going to talk about the championship table in a sec, but that that you mentioned Ethan Grigolk getting a podium. This man's now 19th in the championship. He's one above the bubble. That is a huge moment for his season right there. So yeah. pretty much now he's not guaranteed a spot for next year, but he's now in the best possible spot because he's already in the top 20. He's got two rounds to stay in the top 20, but he wasn't in the top 20 before getting a podium on the weekend, was he? No, so that that and how good is that? Like him knowing that putting Bathus behind him, I think – He's now in more control of finishing inside the top 20. I guess Bathurst and those Enduros are a bit of a lottery. But when you go to races like what have we got, Belle Isle and Phillip Island, you are a little bit more in control of your own fate there. So providing that he has a good lead up and he's happy with the way his car is running and everything else, you'd like to think, barring anything unforeseen, that he should finish inside that top 20. Yeah, definitely. So I'll go to the Facebook page now where – you, you, all you out there did vote for the driver of the day. Uh, Luke Rosella and Hayden Veld with their fourth place finish uh, was the 65% driver of the day winner. So congratulations to those two. I actually got a chance to sit down with Luke Rosella for a little while and talk about not only that, but how his season's going, um, his love for motor racing, where it came from, and in particular being an Adelaide boy, the Adelaide 500 coming back. So look. <laughs> Have a listen to what Luke Rosella thinks of his season so far and Bathurst on the weekend, and we'll talk to you on the other side. And welcome to the podcast, the number 55 from Synergy Sim Racing, Luke Rosella. How are you going tonight? Pretty good, mate. Thanks for having me on here. It's a pleasure to be here. No problems at all. It feels like it's been a very long season, which it has, and we should have had you on a long time ago, but here you are. You've made it. Um, Tell me. Let's get straight into it. Where did you start sim racing? How did you get into it? Uh, well, been playing racing games for a very long time now. I think I was five years old when I first played Toka Touring Cars on the PlayStation 1. What a game. <laughs> yeah, what a game. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and yeah, and then playing a lot of the F1 games after that. But really, the first foray into sim racing was R Factor one on the P when I got to I got on my parents' computer. Uh and this was I think it was twenty sixteen. So it was way after our R Factor actually peaked. So I was a pretty <laughs> late bloomer to R Factor and Sim Racing on there anyway. So yeah, that was an interesting period. No, that's okay. Look, late bloomer, that's it gives me hope. It gives me hope. That's the main thing. You've got about 20 years on me, but uh, obviously I've got about 20 years on you, but it still gives me hope anyway. Uh, look, you're a relatively newcomer to the iRacing platform. Tell us about where you've been racing before that besides R-Factor. So, yeah, I've uh, got R-Factor on my parents' computer 
Um, and yeah, played that for a couple of years with, with a joystick. Um, and then yeah, saved wow. my pennies and got yeah, got my own <laughs> computer in 2018. Um, and yeah, got Automobilista on there. Got a wheel, a G29. Um, and yeah, played a lot of like offline stuff. And it wasn't until a couple of years like after that in 2020 when I got iRacing and started racing leagues on Automobilista. So it was yeah a long time between my first go on R Factor and AMS to when I actually started racing online. And so yeah, I think that I would say it really helped me, but it helped me getting used to, to a wheel and you know racing lines. But in terms of racing real people. It, uh, it came quite late for me. So the passion for racing, obviously you're racing, playing racing games since you're five. You're into all the sim games uh, towards the uh, the more recent future. Where did the passion for motorsport come from? Uh, it would have been my dad. Um, my dad, you know, he did a bit of go-karting when he was young and he's always been, like me, pretty interested in, in motorsport and racing. So that's where the passion really started. I wanted to get a go-kart when I was pretty young, but yeah, family didn't really have the money to support it. So I guess that's where the racing game sort of substituted that sort of passion and that need for, you know, sort of substitute for, for real racing. But nah, yeah, racing's always been a pretty big staple in, in my life so far. And yeah, my, my, my dad's as well. So it's been good. Did he ever get to take you down to a track and, and have a bit of go-kart racing or any other type of racing at all? Or have you have ever had that chance since then? Since then? Um, no, I haven't. I've only really raced rental carts a couple of times. So, yeah, I've always really wanted to have a go in a proper go-kart. But, yeah, the opportunity has never really come for me. But, um, yeah, I like to go down to the, you know, the local racetracks, the Bend, uh, Malala. And, yeah, I've pretty much – I think I've been to every – uh, well, Adelaide 500, I think, uh, in, up until 2005. So, yeah, it's always good to go there and watch the supercars going around. It's pretty oh, cool. Are you excited to go there in a, in three weeks' time, I guess it is? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely wrapped. I think it's, <laughs> it's why I voted for uh, <laughs> the Labor Party. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's awesome that, that that's back this year. Um, you know, the the whole community here, you know, really enjoys that, you know, really historic event. And, you know, it's, of course, it traces its lineage back to the Australian Grand Prix. So, yeah, everyone has a big love for it here. And, yeah, can't wait. It's going to be good. Have you got some advice for iRacing? Should they be getting down there while the track's available right oh, now? Sure. And getting it? <laughs> I love it. I mean, they've, they've got, um, of course, Sandown, Bathurst, um, Winton. So why not get Adelaide and why not scan the bend as well? That's another really good track. Um, near Malala, just scan all of them. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Get it all in there. Now, V8 Supercars 3 back in the day, it had Adelaide, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, um, quite a wide Adelaide. It's the widest Adelaide of, <laughs> of iteration of Adelaide I've seen. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of fun, you know, racing your, your local you know, supercars event track on there and even getting it as a mod for you know, other sims. Um, but, yeah, ah, it's been good. So I, I, I'll ask, favourite track in Australia, obviously, is it Adelaide or do you, do you go to something like Bathurst? It's Sandown for me. Yeah, Sandown's my favourite track in Australia. And, like, a lot of people say, oh, what, you know, what Bathurst or your local, yeah, you know, like street circuit? But, no, yeah, it's Sandown. I just... 
I've always been pretty quick there and I guess I love going over curbs and just the whole nature of the place. I love it. Have you been to Sandown in person? No, I haven't. I want to go there. You have um, to hurry up. Yeah, it doesn't look too good for the future of Sandown, but yeah, I've been looking to go there in the next couple of years for the, well, there'll probably be a 500 there, surely. I've heard You'd have around to the, think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it I mean, it has, the, whole enduro, the whole Enduro Cup has to come back with the yeah, with the Gold Coast 600 and the Sandown 500. I think it's it's a good lead up to to the 1,000. I think the whole the whole thing used to be really good, but yeah, that just obviously only cared about Bathurst. Yeah, I think yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with V8 at the moment. Hopefully, they get their act together and get all this kind of stuff back because we need that kind of stuff. So you get into Logitech G Pro Invitational and you see the Sandown 500, you see the Bathurst 1000. What's the first thought in your mind? Oh, just excitement, really. Um, I mean. We all knew as soon as Sandown came out for iRacing, you know, so many legs would do 500s and whatnot. So it was pretty exciting. Um, I've, I mean, before the Pro Series 500, we'd, I think I would have done about probably two or three of them before that. <laughs> so I had a lot of prep and even just lapping the place offline. I mean, yeah, I just I love it. And yeah. Uh, like I said before, we had a lot of prep for that round, and even Bathurst, we've we done uh, Scops 1000. So the prep for both the Enduros was was pretty good. Um, we had a good you know setup to go by, and you know to modify it to for different you know conditions because they were different from other leagues that we've done. So yeah, definitely the prep was was really good for those events. I want to get into the team aspect of it in a sec, but. You, you, you find out from the start the, the Sandown 500s there, the Bathurst 1000s there, you have to get a co-driver for these things. Did you start early or, or was it a late process or you knew what it was gonna, who it was going to be from the start? I actually didn't know in top until I think two weeks before the <laughs> before the Sandown event. Um, like I had a... I would have thought I would have had the same co-driver from other other series, but uh, no, nah, um, Jay Ross messaged me and said, oh, you're good to partner with Forzan for, for Sandown. I'm like, oh, yeah, all good. Um, <laughs> nah, it was really good to work with Forzan. Um, he's been in the business for a while now, yes. really experienced, really, really good steerer. So, yeah, it was good to work with him and well, good to work with everyone in the team. I think the whole lead up to Bathurst and Sandown with testing all that. All that was really, really good. Um, you know, having people like uh, you know, Jared Philsell, Kostecki, you know, James Scott as well in the team really lifts everyone. Um, and I think it was a really, really good investment from Jros to get those guys in the team this year because it, it really has helped everyone. Um, even... We've had some really good operators come in this year as well with you know, Briggsy as well and Hayden Veld and all those guys. It's been really good for the team and really good lifter for, for everyone. So you turn around, you tell young Luke that one day you're going to be in the same team racing with Brody Kostecki and Brody Kostecki's going to be battling for Bathurst that year. Do you believe yourself? No, I wouldn't. Like I literally would not believe I'd be racing in the same team with a real-life it just in any real life supercars driver, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's just the not only the experience from sim racing, but the experience from real life racing 
Bush brings to the team. It's really unbelievable and it's really useful for everything. Um, yeah, he's not only a good guy on the track, he's a pretty funny guy out of the car on Discord. It's really, really good to hang out with him and all the other guys as well. It's pretty funny, all the sort of stuff we get up to out of the, out of the sim racing. But, yeah, no, nah, it's really good. He, yeah, brings a lot of a lot of uh, good resources to the team. So, yeah, it's been really good. How often do you offer up advice to you about how to drive? <laughs> uh, not a lot. I think he's the one that's offering a lot of the advice um, from real life. But, uh, yeah, I mean... A lot of a lot of people say though, but that sim racing, it's quite a lot different in a lot of areas from real life. You know, just because you're sort of really good in sim racing doesn't mean you can jump in a real life car and match the guys in the supercars field. It's I've heard it's quite different. Of course, I wouldn't know firsthand because I've never driven a real life racing car. But yeah, just yeah. From what I've heard, it's it's quite different. Yeah, no, it, it all obviously would be. So uh, it's good to have to see people like that in there and doing such a good job with teams. But how did you fall into Synergy? Um, uh, it was there's a guy on our team. He's called Scott Nolan. He was racing a lot around in the automobilista community, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I was of course doing a lot of races over there, winning winning a few races. And he said, "Oh, why don't you?" you know, come join me the year after, which was 2021, to come race AMS. And that was only to race Automobilista, just that with Synergy, not iRacing. Um, and then I joined him. I did the Bathurst 12 hour in 2021 for the OSR and got a top 10 with a few guys. And that obviously, they noticed me there and they said, oh, why don't you just come up? with us full time for, for the whole season 2021 for Synergy. And that's where it sort of began on automobilistas to iRacing. Wow. That's a, that's a hell of a story. Um, let's get on to Bathurst itself and the championship as well in a sec. But Bathurst, you get agonizingly close to a podium in the Bathurst 1000 for the Supercar Pro Invitational by Logitech G. Like, how does that feel at the end of the the six and a half hours or the whole weekend really like the whole build up to it was was massive and then to come around and end up fourth uh at the end of the at the end of the race so how did that feel oh, i mean like i wasn't i was actually messaging forzad because he hadn't done any practice uh that week and i said oh yeah i'm gonna jump on tonight want to do some laps and he told me oh i'm stuck in sydney <laughs> so i was like oh okay uh Better get a better find out who I'm driving with, and yeah, Jarrah said, "Oh, yeah, obviously, Fuller's hand stuck. You know, in Sydney, uh, we're going to get Hayden Vell to race with you." I'm like, "Oh, awesome!" Because I did the 1000 Scops 1000 with him before, yep. so me and him have um, we had done a race before, so that was good. Uh, me and Hayden actually couldn't even qualify the car because both of us had uh, parties. On on the Saturday night before the race, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. You hate that, yeah. Um, so yeah, had to start from the back uh, for the biggest race of the year. So that was pretty daunting. Good uh, doing rock paper scissors to see who would start the race. Um, I won, so <laughs> I had the daunting task of starting it. Um, but yeah, I think 
to be fair, I think we knew we had the car under us at some point during the race. We were gonna, if we stay out of trouble, we're gonna get in the ten, like at some point during the race. So we just had to keep our nose clean, especially through the first stint. Um, and yeah, I think that safety, the first safety car, we decided to stay out, and we were, yeah, in ninth after the restart. So we were feeling feeling pretty confident for the rest of the race to do a good result. How hard is it for that first stint? I've done a first stint in a Bathurst 12-hour and I spun the car before I crossed the start-finish line. But with, with something like this, the pressure's on, all the all the big hype build up to it. What is it like for that first session and how hard is it to keep concentrating the whole way through? Well, I think uh, at the start, right at the start, the ERT car ran up the back of, I can't remember who it was. So it would, there was already a crash in front of me before I turned the first or turned through the last quarter. So <laughs> that was pretty daunting. But no, nah, you just got to keep it clean. Uh, you can't make rational moves. Um, and yeah, a lot of the guys were pretty respectful anyway uh, to get out, get out of your way if you're faster than them. So it was pretty pretty good. Um, I actually nearly fenced it on my own, actually, at lap, I think it was lap six or seven at turn two. I had to drop down a gear into second just to yeah, dog the fence on the outside. But yeah, we got through it. Um, and yeah, uh, after the first stint, we were in the top ten. We just yeah needed to obviously press on hard because when you're up that point of the field, it's you make one mistake and uh, you get you're getting passed because a lot of those guys they're within a tenth of each other. So it's really really yeah balls to the walls stuff up there. Definitely. So let's head on to your season. Overall, you're coming fifth in the championship. I'm looking at it now. You're about 100 points clear of sixth, which is a fairly good buffer. Obviously, with 300 odd points handed out per round, it, it you know it's not a not the biggest buffer, but it is a good buffer. You're only 40 points behind, sort of Madison Down of all names, and then 45 <laughs> points behind Brady Myers of another yeah. another one. How's how's the championship gone for you overall, and and where do you think you're going to end up, or where do you hope you're going to end up? I guess. Yeah, it's been pretty mixed feelings, to be honest, this year. Um, I felt like I haven't nailed qualifying a lot this year. I think Hockenheim was the first time that I properly actually done a, a nailed a lap and well, I qualified like fifth or something. So, yeah, qualifying has really been my weakest um, point this year. But, yeah, the season has gone really well. Um yeah, got a started off with a twelfth at Sebring, got a, ten, a top ten at Winton. Uh, fortunately, was involved in an incident at Red Bull Ring, but um, yeah, Hockenheim was really good for for me, especially running up with with those guys up front with Phil Cell and down. That was pretty pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, the the two enduros was really really useful for for my points this year uh, with a second and fourth. So yeah, I'm really pretty confident in the last two rounds. Hopefully, I can just get some solid points to stay in that top six, top seven. Um, but yeah, like you said, to be around all those names like Brady and Madison and all those other guys, it's yeah, it's it's quite amazing. I never would have thought I'd be, you know, fighting with those guys. You say your qualifying's been terrible. Now, correct me, I must be wrong. I thought Spa, you put it almost on pole, or did you put it on pole? 
No, I did a shocker. I think I qualified 16th. Was yeah. it? You were leading yeah. when I said at one stage? I, there was something about Spa. I thought there was. You ended up sixth anyway. For, for yeah, kept, kept it out of trouble. Yeah. That's the main thing. Um, look, it's been a long season. Um, how do you prepare for such a long season where, like, you know, most leagues are every other week? I know Scops is a little bit hit and miss, like it's two weeks at a time and then it's not for a couple of weeks. But this is so spread out like a real season. How, how, what's the, what's it like keeping your mental capacity going for that? Practice it and just the overall thought on it. Um, I actually sort of prefer the long season to be honest um because yeah, yeah a lot of like you said a lot of leagues just do you know sort of half year stuff or whatnot or quarter or whatever but yeah it's you know it does drag on a little bit but so uh, yeah like i said i prefer long season um you know you're not spending a lot of practice a lot of guys just you know practice for a week or two weeks so it's not too bad um but yeah you you still got to, like you said, keep your mental sort of stayed up throughout the whole year. Um, but it's a lot easier, of course, real life, because you race these tracks you know, a lot, some of them a lot throughout the year anyway. So there's not a lot of prep in terms of learning the track. The, the more of the prep is towards car setup and whatnot. Yep. So it's not, it's not actually too bad, I feel. So we've got a pretty traditional sort of period going up here we've left Bathurst. we go to Belle Isle next week which I keep on to referring to as the closest thing to Gold Coast that's, <laughs> that's in the system what's it like Belle Isle for you is it a I know it's going to be one of those tracks where one little mistake can ruin a whole race like where do you sit on Belle Isle are you confident there or are you just you know hoping for the best oh I love street tracks they're one of my favorites so um yeah it's I really like going really close to the walls um but yeah like you said one mistake and you yeah you're in the fence and your day is basically done so yeah it requires a lot of prep with knowing how much um you can take out of the track um but yeah it should be good um i know it, i've actually got a new direct drive and i've tried bell isle and it's pretty it's pretty daunting on the on the on the old arms with the ball the bumps so hopefully i can last the whole distance that is a thing i hope they never go to chicago then for for that reason as well <laughs> look good luck with the rest of the season only two rounds to go you are in the top 20 so you qualified for next season already which is a huge effort as well um who do you want to thank and who do you want to shout out well Oh, first, thanks, Scott Nolan, for really bringing me to this point with your synergy. He's been a you know, massive help to me in my sim racing career. Um, of course, Jay Ross, with yeah, organising the whole team. Um, yeah, it's just been awesome. All, and all the other guys in SSR with all the, all the help throughout uh, the last couple of years. Um, yeah, let's see how far this can go. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, good luck. And, and Synergy is on a really good uh, run at the moment, and I hope this continues because it is good seeing some competition between them and TTR, and I think it's going to be a, a good uh, couple of years ahead. So good luck with it all, and thank you for giving us your time tonight. Thanks, mate. Uh, pleasure to be here and be here with you. Thanks, mate. And thank you so much for your time, Luke. That was a great interview, and I can't wait to talk to him again. He really is doing a great job to be fifth in the championship. He's got fourth at the Bathurst 1000. What a stellar season with all the names that are around him and a 
well, I could say pretty much a kid. He's, he's almost half my age. He probably is actually half my age. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's only just come from Automobilista across to iRacing to, to compete for SSR. And he's setting the world on fire right now, isn't he? Yeah, and that's a big change, like you said, from that to iRacing. That, that's an adjustment. You know, I mean, you know, people who are familiar with that and then to get into iRacing, it's it's no easy feat. And um, for him to be performing like he is and, and make any result, any sort of decent result like that at Bathurst is is definitely a feather in your cap because you know how hard it is just to do normal sim racing, whether it be a 20-lap race or something. But when you're doing 161 laps around that place and you've got a co-driver to rely on and so many things can go wrong, that's a stellar effort. And like you said, top five in the in the points, it's uh, it's not too shabby at all. Yeah, definitely. And, he, and realistically, when I, I had a look at it with him, he's, he's in a shot to get top three. Like he's he's a good 100 yeah. points ahead of six and he's only about 60 to 80 points. No, it's only 60 points. Oh, actually, it's only 40 points away from third place at the moment. And with 365 points being handed out over a weekend, over a round, like, you know, he's right in there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah, it's never over, is it, till the fat lady sings, until the, the last checkered flag falls. So, um, so much can happen. So many people can have dramas. Like, you know, what do we talk about for round one? What happened with Madison Down? Yep. He didn't even make round one because he had a power failure. Who would have thought that? You know what I mean? So, you know, anyone can be affected by that. And, um, yeah, um, being that close in the points, that's all he needs to do is just sort of be in contention and just, you know, see what happens at the end. So the championship table is looking pretty interesting. Obviously, Jared Philsell now takes a near 300-point lead. So pretty much next round, round nine, he can clean up the championship, I believe, if he gets enough points out of this weekend. Uh, Jake Maloney moves into second because of uh, Ethan Warren's disappearance for real-life racing. Uh, Brady Myers is into third. Uh, Madison Down has made his way up to fourth, <laughs> which is a stellar effort considering he misses 365 possible points by a power outage. Uh, as we said, Luke Rosella into fifth. Tom Free is doing a great job up into sixth there. Uh, Ethan Warren, we mentioned, dropped down to seventh. Jake Burton uh, involved in, a, in an incident there in Bathurst, but still sits eighth. Brenton Hobson in ninth, and Brody Kostecki, a man who didn't finish a couple of races at the start of the season, is sitting in tenth. What a stellar top ten that we got there, right there, Sandman. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Like you said, like Madison Down missing a race and still being inside the top five. Like imagine if you throw another, I don't know, two or three hundred points on his margin just to make up for that one race, and it makes it pretty interesting up the front. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame for him, but an awesome bounce back and. Um, yeah, like you said, some of the names that you peel through there and the ups and downs that some of the drives have had. You know, we saw Jake Burton up towards the front at the start of the year and unfortunately he's just slowly slipped down. He had, he had a bit of a shocker for, for both endurance races and that's something we touched on a little bit coming into enduro season because regardless of where you are in the points, I always took it that I never worried about points until you get the enduros out of the way because so much can go wrong and unfortunately Jake had a shocking sand down and and pretty terrible Bathurst too, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, but mind you, he did did have a bit of a bounce back though in saying that. Um, I need to go back and look at the points because I think we touched on a bit of that. So, um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't ideal, but did lose a bit of points. But, you know, um, I guess that's, that's what endurance racing is all about. That's it. And we don't even have the 12th place, the Aussie – racing car what is it the supercar no they're the little midgets the the aussie super tourers or whatever they are 
Josh Anderson, the champion from this year, he's sitting 12th in this championship right now. Yeah, the Aussie racing cars. Yeah, so he, cars. he cleaned up the championship for 2022. So, yeah. Um, and he's sitting 12th in this championship right now. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And Richard Hampstead down in 18th. Blake Warboys in 17th. Uh, Chris Coxhead, who we had on the video car, sitting there on the bubble in 20th right now, ahead of Brett Loxon, Jamie Dyke, Griffin Gardner, Kurt Stenberg, Adam Hayne, all sitting there trying to get those last few points. And I tell you what, there'll be a chance to get those points because we're going to Belle Isle soon. And I haven't got the race format with me yet. I'm assuming it's going to be some kind of a sprint series. I don't think it'll be a big, long race around Belle Isle because... What happens at Belle Isle, you know, it's like Gold Coast. We saw it on the weekend with Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. One car has a simplest mistake and we can be hearing that call from Sam and saying the road is blocked. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. Ev- everything goes crazy. But we'll talk a bit more about Belle Isle in a sec. Okay, and now I want to take you to a chat with a gentleman who's come from the Vet Series, Greg Favell. So let's hear more about what Greg has done to get to here. And, yeah, take it away, Greg. And welcome to the podcast, Greg Favelli. Is that how I pronounce it? I should have asked that before we started. Uh, Favelle. Favelle. I was going to go with that, and I'm like, there's an E on the end. I, my brain doesn't work. The number 76 for Taipan Esports. How are you today? Oh, not bad, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No problems at all. Uh, you've had a uh, you've had a season, I can tell you that. You, I'm just reading your bio here. I, I feel at home now. I'm talking to a fellow Vets driver, even though I didn't do one season. But what's it like driving in Vets, making the step up? You've obviously done so well in Vets and then making the step up to this league with all these young whippersnappers running around your your heels. Well, it's been a big learning experience. Like I haven't been on iRacing all that long. I wish I had found it a bit earlier than I did. But yep. Yeah, it's been big learning trying to work out how to set up a car and basically doing it all on your own as solo driver in the series. So, yeah, it's been a steep learning curve. It is a steep learning curve. 2020 you started, so you're a COVID baby, which is good to see. Um, I'm looking at your rig, though. Take us through your rig. Oh, it's just the uh, track racer. It was a TR80. And I've just been upgrading slowly with all my bits and pieces which the wife doesn't always seem happy about, but <laughs> just, just going for the basics. Yeah. started with the basics. I started out when I first got it. I just built a rig out of plywood, yep. quite liked, and had the old Logitech G25 and slowly built up through Fanatech to the under the Semi-Cube Pro now and the Sprint's pedals. And, yeah, I think and I'm just a bit... Shifter in there as well. Jink shifter. I think I'm just about there now, so... You, you can tell her no more, no more for oh, now. I won't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you are you a VR driver? Are you a multi-screen or a single screen? What do you what do you race with? So, I started out VR for the first two years, and then when the Pro Series started, I went to the triple monitors. But I really struggled to adjust to the difference. So, I think it was Bathurst. I went back to the three D, uh, the three D, the VR. Yep. Yeah. So, and I. Stuck with VR for the last few weeks with vets. So. Now, what's the what's it been like? Obviously, you start in VR. It's so immersive. You can see, you can look over and see the, you know, the the curves and stuff like that. You, you've got so much more perspective. It's then you go to the triples, which is where I've ended up with triples because I just I hate the construct the confinement of the headset. What's it like being that? Uh, what's the differences you've seen in that? And then obviously going back again to VR. 
I think the VR is just more immersive. You get, I get a better feel for where the car is on the track, so I get to use more of the track. I probably should have given monitors a bit longer, but I wasn't getting the results, so I thought I'll go back to VR, and it's been paying off for me the last few weeks in vets. Uh, excellent. So tell me, how, do you, how did you find iRacing in the first place in 2020? I was sitting on the couch during COVID and I watched the V8 Supercars first E-Series race and I looked over at the wife. I said, I'm getting that. <laughs> so I think I ordered a PC that night and yep. it took off from there. Wow, the E-Series bringing more people in. I, I know a few of the people that I race around with, that's where they started as well. What would... What were you doing before that to get your racing fixed? And has racing been part of your blood? It sounds like it has been for a very long time. Not for many years. In the younger days, it was the, I think it was a PlayStation with the Toka Touring cars or the V8 yes. supercars. And then my son come along and sort of commandeered the PlayStation and everything. So, yeah, I didn't really touch anything for a good 15 years, I'd say, till mm-hmm. I seen the iRacing and then, yeah, got on and fell in love with it. So what's that conversation like? Is it with your wife, hey, I'm, I'm getting this thing. Did, did you understand the rabbit hole you're going down at that stage? And did she understand? The, did you explain very well the rabbit hole you were going to go down? I didn't, and I'm sure she didn't understand what was going to happen. So <laughs> I've come and did the spare bedroom now. So, yeah, we're all set up, and she keeps saying that's enough. But That's enough. Yep. Yes. It's not one of those things where, cool, you just you know, buy a computer, you buy it, you get the wheels, you put it on a bit of timber and all that kind of stuff. It is the space you've got to take up as well. Um, the, you're talking about having a whole room for it. How was that? What was that discussion like? I think she was happy because I had the front lounge room, which interfered with her watching TV of a night time. Yep. So, yeah, I think it was happy to get me out of there and out of sight, especially for the gear. Does she follow what you do in the sim now? Um, she watches a few races. My sister's a big fan. She watches a lot of the races, and my mum and the rest of the family really enjoy it. But, yeah, it's good. They get behind you and a bit of support. It is good. And I want to touch on how did you find vets and how do you find the the movement through vets that you've had? And then we'll touch on Logitech G in a sec. Well, when I came into vets, I was probably in the top 10 drivers. And then I just slowly watched guys like Jamie McKnight, how they did it, especially with Jamie doing the setups for us, the fixed setups. And just watch how he drove and slowly adapted and tried a few things myself and put in the time and practice and, yeah, got there in the end. That is a key part. Whenever I've interviewed people either for this podcast or the previous podcast, it's that time and practice. It's the thing I don't get. What? How important is it for you, though, to actually just sit in the wheel, behind the wheel and, and understand how the car reacts to what you're doing and, and, and what you need to do to make it go faster? Yeah, well, that's where it comes down to practice. Each lap you might find a bit of time at this corner doing something different. So the more laps in practice you can get and get it all put in your memory, ready for the race, then the better off you are. And working, we're, working on consistency too. Yeah, You don't definitely. be the fastest, but if you're consistent, you, you'll be up there. Makes a big difference. Um, we're talking in this episode a little bit about um, drivers having long memories, sim drivers in particular having long memories. In vets, is there any people that you got like on a list that you want to, you know, watch out for? <laughs> no, not at all. That's what I like about vets. Everyone's very accommodating and gets along well, but you always challenge yourself against the top drivers and 
well, he's done this time. I've got to beat that. So, yeah. It's no, that's, that. that's what I really like about Vets. And that's one of the main series I only race in these days, apart from the Pro Series. So, so let's get on to the Pro Series. How did that come about? How did you become one of these 40 Pro drivers that um, is taking part this year in the first ever Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational? Well, when I got the message, I was shocked. And I had to have a talk to Brendan O'Brien and say, are you sure? Because, yeah, I knew the guys I was going up against. I've been watching them for the last few years. And yep. and I knew being just like a solo driver for the team, it's going to be hard because I never really worked on setups. So I had a lot to learn. And I think I started getting there halfway through the season. The results started getting a bit better. And then, yeah, it was... I just had to say, you sure, you sure you want me in it? And, yeah, they just said, you're doing so well in the vet, so. So being part of Taipan, being part of the Pro Invitational, being a solo driver, as you said a couple of times now, do you have a group of people that still help you out in that at all? Not really. They've all got their own races and stuff to look after, so that's the hardest thing, just practising on my own. And you don't really know if you're on the pace until race day, so... Yeah, it does make it hard. Definitely, definitely would. Um, I'm looking here at your bio. Um, finish the top 20 in the championship. You're probably not going to do that this year. How would you see your season, though, realistically, from from start to finish? Well, I started off oh, in the mid-30s, finish, finishing, and I think from Spa, I finished 20th from memory. And then Hockenheim, I was 25th and 23rd, I think it was. So I have improved. I have started getting there on the setups, which is for me the main thing, having tyres that last and a car that can quite easily drive. So hopefully I can just keep improving. Yep, definitely. So we talk about pro drivers in this series. You're one of them. It's it's very misleading because I'm sure you do something other than this to make your money. What do you do outside the sim, not just to make money, but, but for for you know get your mind off things and, and what kind of things keep you busy outside of the sim oh i've got work and then yeah i love me fishing and getting out outdoors for driving etc so yeah got a little property out west new south wales out way out of oberon so we try and get okay. down there but not as much these days nice so now i see your uh southwest sydney there and and the place where actually my wife grew up uh, or went to school anyway um there's a fair bit of a concentration of a sim community around that area in particular such as madison down were you the person who went and cut his power in round one <laughs> no but I'll, prob I'll probably miss the phone call to go in and fix it because <laughs> that I, I work for the energy provider that yeah. Well, maybe you said, look, we'll hold this one off, this one here in particular, <laughs> until after this race is done. Thank uh, you very much. Unfortunately, I'll put my phone on silent and put it away before the race starts. So, yeah, I would have missed that call. Very smart thing to do. Have you found, have you ran into any local people down there that are in the sim community? Have you actually met anyone in person down there? No, I had one contractor on site one day mention that he does a bit of racing, but more so in the GT3s and other series. So, yeah, no, not a great deal, to be honest. There's a very big um, car culture down there. Were you? Did you grow up around wanting to go to Bathurst? Bathurst is only a couple of hours away. Did you ever go down there very much? Yeah, well, we usually go every year since the nice. early 90s. So nice big campsite set up there now. You camping so, on top of the hill? Yes, yes. So yep. how was that over COVID? Did, obviously, you didn't get to go? No, 
that, yeah, it was pretty tough. But I also don't mind sitting at home and watching the whole race from start to finish on the lounge. It's... Did you go this year? No, unfortunately, I missed it. It was my son's 18th birthday, so. Ah, oh, bloody kids. Yeah. Um, but you look, I saw the pictures at the top of the mountain. I think you missed, missed a good one. Yeah, I definitely missed a good one. They always keep reminding me that I should have been there, so. That's okay. You, you'll always try and get there next year. That, look, I was fascinated because I, I was watching the race this year and they're talking about all these people who had, you know, 30 and 40 year streaks broken because of COVID. And that, I just wonder how how hard that was um, for someone like yourself. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I suppose the whole era of the COVID pandemic was tough for all motorsports and fans alike. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it's good to be we're getting back there anyway and hopefully you get that back there next year uh do you get down to like sydney motorsport park or anything like that or any of the other races when you can not as often as i like to so yeah, yeah. i probably should have you done any real on. life racing at all no i'd love to but i don't think the wife would allow the funds that's okay just go talk to madison down he's just down the road from you he'll get you in <laughs> i promise you tell him, tell him you know a guy who knows a guy um Look, we've just had the Bathurst 1000, okay, in, in sim world, in the in Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational. You end up 33rd, obviously 10 laps down, not the best result. But what was it like racing in that, especially with the, the teammate you had, the co-driver? I was very disappointed after that. I woke up the Sunday morning, both ears were blocked. I couldn't hear anything out of the left one and I had a chest infection. Oh, no. I haven't been sick since before COVID and then race day, I, I was a mess and... Yeah, I was shattered for young Rian because we're definitely looking to be close to the top 10 in that one. So, yeah, it wasn't very good. I had no feeling in my left leg. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. I felt so, more disappointed for Rian after that because he's an up-and-coming young guy and, yeah, it's good to watch. Well, talk to me a bit more about Rian. Like, how did that partnership become about and, like, where's he come from in the sim community? Well, the team boss, Ben Anthony, sent me a message and said, would you mind driving with young Rian Lenage? And I'd been watching him in a few races and thought, yeah, that'd be pretty good. He's definitely got on the pace. And yeah, we got talking and then working with his father, Laz, who was building us the setups, which were pretty good. And yeah, a bit of practice. And yeah, he's one to watch in the future, especially. Are you going to be pushing him to do the um, qualifying series next year? Well, that, that's what I liked about it. It gave him a taste of what it's like. And, yeah, I hope I hope he does go qualify yeah. because I, I think another year or two he'll be up there with the top guys. Yeah, even just doing it is um, – the, the experience of doing it is far better than, than not doing it and hoping and thinking you're going to miss out. Always have a crack. Um, you mentioned Ben Anthony there. Shout out to Ben Anthony. What a legend he is. The vets went on so long without – couldn't have gone much – further without him and uh, i know he had a tough little bit uh the season i joined but um yeah shout out to ben anthony oh he puts a lot of work into this local sim community and yeah it's good to see uh so look you've got a couple of big races coming up what's your goal for the last couple races of the season we talked about a bit on the podcast about we've got a lot of mix of people we've got a, a long season people starting to get fatigued with the season we've got people battling for top 20 we've got people battling to, to stay in top 20 conservative or attacking where's your mindset going into Belle Isle? Well, I don't mind Belle Isle so if I can get the setup pretty good then I'm hoping to get a good result 
I have been improving, like I said, for the second part of the season. So if I can just keep improving, I'll be happy. I know I'm not going to get inside the top 20, but at the end of the year, so just, yeah. So, Bill, Isle, is, is it, where do you sit on it? You said you've had a bit of experience, you like it. Are, are you pushing the walls or are you just trying to stay off the walls at Bell Isle when we get there? Yeah, I think if you're not getting a 0x a couple of times a lap, you're not pushing at that track. It's a bit like across the top of the mountain at Bathurst. It is, but it's everywhere. I love it. it. Yeah, it's one of those tracks that bumpy as hell. With so don't just turn that force feedback down just a little bit. I love it in VR too because you sort of flinch every oh. corner too. Think you're going to make contact. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. It's a whole new level. So heading into Phillip Island, then to finish off the season, two things: how happy are you that the season's finally going to be over? But what do you think of Phillip Island? I, I love that track. I'll just let you know straight up. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves Phillip Island. It's a great track. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So if I can get a decent result in the next two races, I think I'll be pretty happy of how the season went in the end. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm looking at you now. You're you're 10 points away from 32nd Hayden Harrison. You're two points ahead of Kobe Jones. You're just ahead of Sean McNamara there. You really, you look 100 points ahead and you're Lee Ellis in the to, in the mid-20s there as well. So um, what's it like? You've you know, if you have a good round and you're getting a lot amongst the people like Lee Ellis, Sebastian Flock, Kurt Stenberg, all these names that have been around the series forever, what's that feel like? Yeah, pretty good because I missed Red Bull Ring race too because I had a fishing charter booked up North Queensland oh, five years ago that kept getting, well, kept getting canned because of COVID. Yep. And it ended up leaving the day before that race. So. Yeah, you had a couple hundred points, or let's say 150, onto where you are. That that's almost 700. You you really sit in mid mid 25, mid 20s at that stage. That's a yeah, it was a very solid mid, effort. But it was something we'd been waiting for so long. So I was sort of yeah, couldn't hey, talk about. I understand in the last couple of weeks I've talked to someone who, well, Ethan Warren had to real-life racing commitment, so he was second in the championship and he gave that up for um, real-life racing, and, and, and it happens. Look, that, life life is more important than sim racing sometimes. So it's, that, that, um, That's it, given your wait for five years, we're waiting to go on that trip, so <laughs> 10, to, 10 days catch? out at sea. Oh, we're out 10, 10 days out at sea on the reef off uh, Gladstone, so we caught oh, okay. a lot of fish, ticked off a few bucket list fish, so... What's your biggest one you caught? I caught a nice big red emperor um, and a lot of the normal reef fish, the coral trout, all the good eaters. So still got plenty of fish in the freezer. Oh, nice. Nice work. Do you, where do you go locally? Like, not where do you go locally, but what type of fish are you chasing when you, when you fish locally? Oh, through the winter months, we go for the snapper and then go for the dolphin fish and always love me flathead, so I'm always trying to grab a couple of those while we're out, so... So you are more of a deep sea fisherman. Yes, yeah. Uh, over Christmas, we normally fish the estuaries when we go away. So, yeah, when I'm at home, I'm outside. Lures or bait? Uh, oh, we troll the lures out out to the fads off Sydney, and then throw a few baits out, trying to get the dolphin fish. And yeah, in the estuaries, I like the lures, but my boat's a bit big now, so it's just a bit of bait fishing and drifting in the estuaries. Don't you hate that problem when your boat's a little too big? <laughs> That's all right. The sun's the right size for it, so I just pinch his. Ah, perfect. What's the what's the chances any of your kids are going to be stealing your rig off you soon and, and starting to race in, in sim world? Well, I'd love it if the young bloke took it up, but yeah, he doesn't seem that interested. So hopefully in another year or two he might change his mind and we can get him into it. 
They don't know what they're missing out on, do they? No, I know. They sit there playing, I think it's basketball on the PlayStation. Yep. You've got a perfect good racing rig down there. <laughs> go and have a go. That's it. Whenever anyone walks through my house, they just go, what the hell is that thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's fun. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it. Well, look, Greg, it's been great talking to you. Um, what I've got to give you now is a chance to shout out your sponsors and, and anyone who uh, has got you to where you are today. Yeah. I, I, well, I started out of, I think my brother was sponsoring me with Abbey Timber and that, so they helped me get a long way. Um, and then I jumped on with Ben Anthony and the Taipan team and, yeah, get along great with all the blokes. We all practice and have a laugh during the week, which is great. So, and we just thank their sponsors, which Blacktown Mazda, Blacktown City, HWM, Havel, Too Easy Finance, Simrigs, Sideways Photography, and GMK Logistics. And a big thanks to Ben Anthony. Like I said, he, he does that much work behind the scenes, this local sim community that, yeah, I think a lot of it goes unnoticed, but it definitely yeah, does. He's a if you've got a chance, send some love to Ben Anthony for us, please. He's a legend. Yeah, yeah he is. Um, so look, thank you very much for your time. Good luck for the last two races of the season. I hope to see you scraping the walls there around Belle Isle and going as fast as you possibly can. And hopefully we'll either talk to you by the end of the season or most likely sometime next season. Cheers. Thanks a lot, mate. No problems. And thank you very much for that, Greg. I can't wait to see you get through the qualifying and back in again next year. It's good to see some vets getting into such a high-class league. Now, Sam, man, did you get to watch any of the Gold Coast 500 on the weekend or the weekend before? I can't remember. Time's lost to me right now. <laughs> yeah, last weekend. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a shocker, mate. I I'm, I don't miss a minute. I'm, um, I'm a diehard. So, yeah, watched and loved every second of the Gold Coast. Personally, I think... I mean, I know we've got Adelaide back on the calendar, but for me, I mean, the Gold Coast has always been a special race from the IndyCar days. So for me, I, I think the Gold Coast is one of the best street circuits that we've got. I know there's <laughs> everyone's got the love for Adelaide, as I do too, but, geez, I get excited when the cars are on the Gold Coast. Oh, it is something special about it. It is a track I've been to a couple of times now, and being a, a Queensland boy now, um, or for the last 20-odd years I've been a Queensland boy, it, it is the place to go if you want to get some racing with, obviously, Queensland Raceway not there. Townsville's North Queensland, which even themselves consider themselves a whole different state, if not country up there. <laughs> um, Gold Coast is something special. It's that party place. It's it, You are so close to the racing. We talk about Bathurst where you can, you know, see so much from, from just about anywhere on the track, up on the hill especially. But Gold Coast, you can literally feel the cars as they go past you, um, millimetres away from you, just on the other side of a barrier. And look, Belle Isle is as close as we're going to get to that in iRacing at the moment. So you may be Chicago, but Belle Isle's been there for a long, so long and it's got that twisty, tiny, tw uh, mm -hmm. windy sections just like you've got with the street track of Gold Coast. What do you expect to see on the weekend? You've got cars that are above the bubble that just want to get points and just want to survive. You've got cars that are below the bubble that really want to win and get points to get confirmed for next year. You've got fighting for the championship. You've got people protecting leads, not protecting leads, but protecting their position in the championship. There is so much that could happen this weekend. What are you expecting to see, Sandman? Mate, uh, that, that does absolutely have that possibility of drama because Belle Isle, like Gold Coast, like you said, it's a bit of a concrete canyon, isn't it? And it's easy for if there is a drama where people get caught up, it's going to block the track 
very quickly. So we can see, I guess, what we saw a little bit of the drama that we saw at the top of the mountain in qualifying, you know, where Ben Gisbergen had a moment and it was in front of the field and then, you know, bang, just as a concertina effect. And it's a it's a track where when you get back to those tight, twisty parts of the racetrack, there's barely enough room sometimes there to go, you know, two, one or two cars wide in some places. So, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to really need to be on their game, really have to be happy with their car setup because it's a bumpy racetrack. Um, it's got different variations of, of the way the, the surface is as far as like concrete and tarmac and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a real, real interesting, tough race, I think. Yeah, some of those bumps going on to the main straight on the, at the, the turn, just after turn two, I think it is, um, can really push you out to that wall, which is a, a very bad thing. I've had some – I've had – it's one of the tracks I've actually had a lesson at to try and improve my racing. It didn't help, by the way. But um, <laughs> the, the instructor was talking to me about the fact that, especially he was racing in an IndyCar just recently, and to go faster, you have to be hitting walls. And it sounds counterintuitive, but you have to be glancing bits and pieces of that wall, pushing your car to the limit. So there was such a close margin of error here, in, especially in the V8 supercar. You whack it a little bit too hard. That's the end of it. Um, who is there going to be people pushing that hard, or is there going to be people like, what do you do if you're Jared Philsell at this stage? Do you just race and win, or try and win, or do you race and just cool? You overtake me, Madison. Go for it. Go Brady. Go past Luke. You, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to fight for this. What? Where do you think he sits in this? I don't. To be honest, I don't think it's in Jared's DNA. I think he's going to race he's hard. Race hard. He's, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> care about the points at the moment. Like he knows he's got a buffer. Um, he knows he can wrap it up, but he knows he can race hard. And if he has a, you know, if he has a bad race or a DNF, he's not going to worry because he's still got. He's still going to come out of this weekend. There's a pretty good chance he's still going to come out of this weekend, regardless of what happens as a series leader. So, um, like I said, I don't think it's in his DNA. I think he's just going to race hard and see what happens. Um, He's got, he's got really nothing to lose because if he loses a little bit of points, he's still on top. So, um, but I feel as strong as he's been all season, and the lead up that we saw coming into the Enduros and Bathurst, like he's just he's fast and he's they've got a really good car underneath him this year. I think the teams have been working really well together, and they've you know come up with good car setups. And I don't think we're going to see anything different when we head to Belleau. No, I think he's going to be pushing it pretty hard. I, I just wonder after this season if if anyone's going to make just like it's we talk I talked about it with Luke in the interview that it's different to most league races that you you go into I know Scops is a bit different but you know most leagues you jump into a league and it's week after week after week and then it's sort of six to eight to ten to twelve weeks and you're done with the season you move on this is a full year this is every other week and then there's a mid-season break um there's ten races they're all so important we're at the back end of that. Fatigue's got to be coming into it a little bit or, you know, looking to something else or you can't have your mind on the prize the whole way through. What's that going to be like for the drivers? Is that going to bring out any errors, you think, or you think these guys are just at the top of their game? I think a lot of them are at the top of their game, but, you know, like I said, I think before with Bathurst, we're all human and it doesn't take much to miss your breaker marker by, you know, a couple of metres where you need to be. And, you know, we already say that, you know, when you are racing, regardless of what racetrack, if you're having a red-hot go, you're already at the limit of your breaker marker anyway. And if you miss that, it's so easy to to fire off and run wide. You don't really want to fire off and run wide at Belle Isle because you'll probably taste concrete. Um, 
But I think at the end of the day where there'll be drivers where they're fairly comfortable where they are in the championship, they'll either know where they are, that there's not much they can do, or, you know, they don't have to worry about the bubble. So they're going to go out, have a red hot go, but they're going to enjoy it too at the same time. So, um, and I think a lot of, a lot of drivers, regardless of where they are or what track, I think everyone uses it as a learning. Yeah. Every time you get in a sim, you're learning. So, um, the more laps around this place, the better for everyone, regardless of what what the result is for the weekend. It's going to make you a better driver because of the difficulty of the racetrack. So everyone's going to embrace it, I think, and just enjoy it. So the last topic I want to talk about quickly, we we touched on it in the vodcast. Sim drivers have a very, very, very long memory. We've now had eight rounds of the Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational. There's been some things happen in the season and people won't forget. We know these sim drivers don't forget is there a chance that we might see someone accidentally put someone in the wall, heap and shoulder? <laughs> Maybe. But I, payback? <laughs> I've, I always think back to payback too is like, yeah, sometimes you can get them within that same season. But I've seen yep. paybacks where it's been in separate seasons where the roles might, might be reversed where, let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake, it's you and me. You know, we've had a coming together and I want to get you for payback. I'm probably not going to do it in the next race or the race after because no. you're expecting that. Let's do it maybe the next season. Are you in contention for a championship? That's when it's going to do you more damage. You know, if I'm going to take you out when you're more in contention and it's getting down to the wire, that's going to hurt you more than if you're running 15th in the championship and I take you out. You know what I mean? So I think that's a lot of people will think about that. Not on everyone's radar is to always get someone back, but I know it does play on some people's minds. And like you said, there's a lot of drivers out there that don't forget but sometimes they'll be a bit more, a bit more clinical about how they'll do it and when they'll do it because it could, it could inflict more pain later on when they're in contention for a championship one or two years down the track. I love that we're getting to the point in this series already that we're, we are talking about little things, like especially TTR and SSR. There, there's definitely something happened between those two this season. There's a, there's a definite rivalry there, and we've already got that. We're already eight rounds into the series total ever. And we've got these little niggly things happening, bubbling under the surface, which could explode at any moment. So I'm looking forward to Belle Isle, if it's anything like Gold Coast in, in the real world. It's the end of a season. It's it's all this built-up energy. Something could happen here, and I really am excited to see it. And, look, I know you're excited to call it, but how excited are you to call this one? Yeah, I haven't I haven't called the race at Belle Isle, I don't think. So it'll be good, something different for me. Um and for me, I'm all, I guess I, you know, as much as I talk about the drivers get in and, and learn every time they hit the racetrack, I can probably learn a little bit more in the commentary box too, as far as calling these races. So, but looking forward to it. I, like I know how tricky it is as far as me as a driver, I'm not very good as a driver, but I know what it takes to get a car around there and it's not easy. So these guys are going to have their work cut out for them, guys and girls. It's going to be, it's going to be good to see how, how they go. Yes, excellent. Look, I can't wait to talk to you about it next episode, and I can't wait to preview Phillip Island. I did a skippy yeah. race around Phillip Island today, and I remember how much I love Phillip Island. What I a track Phillip that Island. is. We're finishing the season at Phillip Island. How excited are you about that, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I rate Phillip Island, really enjoy it, and I've always enjoyed every time I've raced there. I can I can be out of a seat for a little while, but if I get back to Phillip Island and have a good race, you can't get the grin off my face. Like, I just love it. Um, um, I love that it's in iRacing. It's been a part of iRacing for such a long time, but it's our staple. I just love it. And, yeah, excited that it, it's going to finish off our series. 
Excellent. Well, good luck uh, this weekend coming or oh, this Wednesday. We're back to midweek racing, Sandman. I completely forgot. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm glad no one turned up on the weekend to race. But no, good luck this <laughs> week. Uh, or I don't know when this is going up compared. To, good luck on the Wednesday that this broadcast uh, goes live, Sandman. And I really That's hope fun. you have a really good run. Uh, call and I can't wait to be sitting there watching you call it so until next episode mate thank you again and we'll talk to you all later